Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. It is 2.06. You are listening to The Shaletta Show on News Talk 830 WCCO Radio, your good neighbor station. Thank you so much for hanging out this Saturday afternoon with me. I just, I tell you, we are going into a new year. Uh, so many new opportunities, so many new projects. I, you know, one of the things that I want to do is I want to make some new friends. I want to meet some new people. Uh, I had breakfast this morning. As you know, my family and I are in Houston uh, visiting extended friends and family for the holidays. And I had uh, breakfast this morning before the show with some folks that I have known since I was in my early 20s. And I love each and every one of them. Uh, And I said, you know, I want to meet some new folks. I want to meet some new friends. And, And I'm so grateful that 2023 brought some new friends into my life. And one of them is Andre Creighton. He is the host of the Financially Fit Podcast and the CFO of Turn Signal, one of the hottest apps in the country. And, you know, just meeting Andre and and learning from him and, you know, with all of his financial knowledge and expertise and getting to know his bride and his new baby, it has just been a blessing to my life. Just, you know, having his youthful and and, uh, knowledgeable energy. Uh, I tell you, sometimes I'm around him and and after that, I I feel like I could just go another 10 or 15 miles because I'm like, you know what? He's just brought so much uh, new and young energy into my old lady life. I love it. And so I was so grateful that he's joining us in a holiday weekend uh, to come on the show to give us some of his brain matter because I saw a story in the Washington Post that said banks are facing tougher capital requirements. And those new rules are going to um, increase even the racial home ownership gap that is already wide enough in this country. And so, Andre, I'm so glad you're joining us, courtesy of the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, welcome to the Shaletta Show. You are no stranger. You have been here before. But this is a new topic that we'll be discussing. And, and I want you to talk to me about this home ownership gap. Yeah, yeah. First of all, you know, thank you, Shaletta, for having me, you know, on the show. And, you know, this is a particular topic that I'm I'm really excited to discuss. You know, uh, I share those same sentiments that you had uh, said about me. Um, you've definitely been a favorable person in my life as well. Uh, and, I, and I look forward to the opportunity here to discuss. So, you know, as, as Shaletta said, you know, Washington Post came out about three weeks ago with a 
a really, really interesting article that discussed how the racial ownership gap, uh, uh, home ownership gap is widening and, you know, new rules are making it worse, right? Uh, and really what they're what they're getting down to is, is Basel three in-game proposal. So what that, what Basel does is there's Basel one, two, and three. And Basel one focuses on credit risk. Uh, Basel two focuses on the operational strategic and, uh, and, and those risks. And then Basel three is really focusing on that liquidity risk. And, and that's what we really want to talk about today. So with banks, they, they are facing a lot of uh, requirements and, and, things that are starting to put a little bit of strain on their liquidity. And, and now with Basel uh, 3 in-game proposal, you know, banks might be required to have 20% more capital um, that they have to keep on hand, which, mm-hmm. you know, is going to result in increased borrowing costs for lower and middle-class Americans. And, you know, when you think about holistically who that affects, right, you think about lower lower middle-class Americans. You think about those that are first-time home, home buyers. You think about small business owners and farmers, right? The people that truly are relying on debt and credit to be able to purchase equipment for their businesses. Um, the people that are required, that don't have a lot of c- cash on hand, so they're, mm-hmm. they're hoping to you know, leverage debt to be able to buy their first home. You know, those are the people that are truly going to be affected by this. You know, and this and- is this is the thing, you know, we already have so many things stacked against us. This home ownership gap is wide. When we start thinking about rules, Andre, we start thinking about things that are going to uh, help alleviate those barriers. But these rules seem to be increasing the barriers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there are some things out there that, you know, can help alleviate that. You know, there's non-traditional bank lending. So it's what they call the shadow banks, right? You know, shadow banks are those that are not necessarily backed by uh, deposits. Um, so you can think of, you know, some places like Quicken Loans, places like that, that maybe not, uh, you know, it's not a traditional bank and people aren't depositing funds into that um, company or organization, right? Um, but, you know, and that's a good opportunity for people that, you know, might not be able to get lending through a bank, but, you know, that comes with the cost too, right? You're going to see higher interest rates. Um, you know, and, and also, you know, it's, 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 a, it's really a temporary fix. You know, I, I, as I think about the shadow banks, you know, it, they really count on selling a portion of those loans to, you know, your Fannie Mae and your Freddie Mac, uh, which are government back, you know, uh, government back grants. Right. And, and if they, when you think about government backed, you know, they also have to manage their risk. Right. So they're only going to take on a certain amount of loans that are risky um, that they buy. So, you know, it, it, when you think about how many, you know, lower and middle class Americans that can't afford mortgages, it's just not sustainable. And it, it just is so frustrating because you see families. Um, I, I was just talking to my mom and dad the other day um, while I'm here in Houston because we grew up in the projects. Nobody before my parents had ever owned a home. Um, everybody that I knew was in a rental property or in the projects. And my mother and father worked um, second jobs, saved up enough money um, and got the first 
home of anybody in my family. And, and so then after that, other relatives saw their example and they were able to um, mm -hmm. buy homes. And, and so now my mother and father have paid off their house. And, you know, somebody sold a house on the block for like $900,000. They paid $45,000 for this house. And I'm thinking wow. the generational wealth that is going to be transferred to me and my siblings, you know, once they decide to leave that house or, or sell it, you know, it, it is just, um, you know, I, I think of, you know, what if they couldn't? What if these barriers had been up? You know, we would have never got out the projects. They would never have this property that they were able to take out a second mortgage to put us all through school. Um, And, you know, and, and those type of things that are done for, you know, to benefit the entire family. That's not going to take place. If we have these new rules in place, it's going to make it worse. 100%. And that's just it. You know, you hit it. You hit the nail on the coffin, right? It's It's that lack of generational wealth, right? We know that a lot of minorities and, and lower uh, middle class uh, Americans are, you know, generations behind the wealth gap, right? And we know that that puts a lot of strain, especially when you think about this new proposal um, and, and banks pulling back lending from riskier, you know, uh, riskier individuals that are trying to get home, home ownership. Uh, if you don't have the cash on hand, you know it's it's going to be really hard. And you think about mm -hmm. you know that general that the generational wealth that you talked about, you know buying a home is kind of that first ticket to being able to build that generational wealth and have liquidity to build cash. And, and if you can't do that, uh, it's tough. You know when you think about our U.S. economy right now, you know there's much uncertainty. You know inflation's increasing groceries gas prices rent etc you know those everyday items that individuals need are are extremely high in comparison to where they have been historically uh you know which is you know reducing the ability to get credit and then you think about also the fact that now student loans are back uh paying those yeah. are, are restarting mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so when you think about student loans and it's kind of a a, a uh a chicken, a chicken and the egg, right? Uh, they say go to college, right, and get a degree. It's going to be able to create more wealth, right? But then, what you're not thinking about is what if you can't get a job in that field, and you're not able to make enough money to be able to pay that debt back, right? You don't have the residual money to build that cash reserve to be able to to have that uh, ability to purchase a home, right? So you have to depend on debt, right? So it's it's really a a chicken and the egg, and and I can only see this increasing with this uh, Basel three in game proposal. What 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 do you recommend to people out there who are listening, um, who are saying, you know what, every time I take one step forward, they push me two steps back. Uh, you know, I, I'm right where I need to be. And there's some new rules that may hurt um, home buyers from communities of color, uh, cash strapped folks who just want that piece of American dream, who have been doing all the things right. And now here comes some new rules that will make it harder for them to own a home. Absolutely. You know, and I think it depends, you know, across various age groups and, and where you are in your, your state of life, right? But when you think about individuals that are just coming out of college, you know, if you can stay with your parents for a couple of years, right, as, as hard as that may be when you've been so independent for four years, or however long, right? That may be tough, but if you can stay with your parents for a couple of years and just build that that cash reserve, that's going to put you ahead. If you can go and, you know, find maybe three, four friends that you trust and you guys can go in and buy a duplex together and rent maybe the other side of it out, right, and start to, to build in that way, you know, those are ways that young young Americans can really start to 
build that cash reserve and build that that net worth and and hopefully close the wealth wealth divide you know if you're an individual that you know you're past that right and you're you've been maybe you you're married or or you're single and you have kids and you're you're just making it right you know any little bit that you can put aside right um you know really trying to pay down pay down your debt as much as possible that's going to be important right because you know there was a there was a study that said uh, before you know the Fed's hiked uh, interest rates, 2.4 million Black Americans were deemed mortgage ready based on their credit history and income, according to research by Freddie Mac. You know now we fast forward, you know after interest rates have been hiked, and now that stands at less than one million, um, for, according to the National Fair uh, Housing Alliance, uh, which did a follow-up analysis. So when you think about how that has declined tremendously over the past couple of years, you know, and, and black home loan applicants in the 50 largest metropolitan markets are 1.6 times more likely to be denied a home loan. You know, it, it just puts a lot of strain on really achieving that American dream. So, you know, the things you can do is try to pay down debt as much as you can, you know, whatever you can, maybe you need to, maybe you need to pick up another job if you can, right. Uh, to, to create some um, secondary income, right, to be able to build your residual. So those are the things that I recommend in, in this moment. But, you know, we do have some trying times coming here from an economical standpoint. Now, there are folks who are texting me in real time. They are sending me emails. They're like, who is this guy? I like what he's talking about. You mentioned that he has a podcast. Please tell these people because I, they think that I'm not, like, really on the show. So they are actually texting me, expecting me to respond and email them, and I'm trying to talk to you. So you have to let folks know where <laughs> they can find you because they want to get information about your podcast because this is the thing that I love about um the work that you do and i call it work but it's it's fun for you when you talk numbers and you talk money and you talk finances um you break it down and explain it so that people like me who it's not our profession we can understand it and so tell us tell us about the podcast and where we can find it and give us all the details yeah absolutely so uh the podcast is called financially fit uh my name is andre creighton as shaletta said and, you know, really the base of the podcast is, is everything is from, you know, my opinion, you know, things that I've faced throughout my life growing now from, you know, a college grad, an MBA to now being a CFO of a company. And, you know, I haven't always been done things right by my money. And I, I, the reason for the name of Financially Fit is because you can think of it much like an individual who's going to work out, right? You have that goal. And January 1st, there's going to be a lot of people at the gym saying, hey, I'm trying to get fit in 2024, right? And, you know, a lot of people expect that to happen quickly, right? And what I always say is it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, right? You aren't going to get those abs overnight. You aren't going to get those biceps overnight, right? The same is true with your financial journey. You aren't going to become a millionaire overnight. You aren't going to become extremely financial stable and have that net worth that you may be dreaming of overnight. It truly takes doing the same things over and over and over, the right things, and being maniacal towards your goals. And if you can do that, uh, you will be successful and you will be on your way to being financially fit. So I encourage you to to join, you know, and listen to the podcast. You can find it on Amazon, Spotify, you know, pretty much most of the podcast um, uh, form platforms, you, you can find the podcast. So, um, you know, I, I help you every week step through a lot of different things. We just talked about budgeting. So if you haven't done that, 
for 2024, if you haven't thought about your budget, that's what you should be thinking about with a couple of days left before 2024 uh, begins. I tell you what, you keep me honest because I had not done a budget and I don't know how long. And when you did that podcast on budget, I had to call all the kids in. I'm like, okay, we need to look at where we're going on vacation, um, how much we plan on spending. This is not an endless faucet. There's not money growing on that tree outside. Um, we have to uh, set some goals and make sure we achieve those goals so that, you know, if the com- if the country shuts down again, you know, if we have another pandemic, we can have that cash reserve, that cash on hand in case uh, all hell breaks loose. So I, I just want to thank you for um, what you've done to help my family get our finances in order. And just by listening to the, the podcast, uh, you're helping so many other people as well. Thank you so much for being on the show and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, Shalana. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And thank you all for sticking around. We've got more to come on the Shaletta Show. The Brundage bus is going to New York City. Yes, going to New York City. I don't know how big those streets are in New York City, but I hope they widen them because we're about to drive that RV, the RV that we have from Camping World, right up on Broadway. Um, I was just blown away. Got so many calls from folks telling me there's a new Broadway musical in New York, and it's 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 cast with autistic actors and actresses and singers and performers and I was like what and and so I did my research and how to dance in Ohio um, is making its Broadway debut and it is a musical and it stars seven autistic actors and actresses and in the first minutes of the production These autistic actors walk out as themselves and they tell the audience what they're about to see. And the first thing they say is if you've met one autistic person, you've met one autistic person. And they go on to explain to the audience that this production is not just by um, autistic uh, actors, but about autistic people. And I just, I need to get my autistic children to New York City to see how to dance in Ohio. And I want to encourage families who have kiddos on the spectrum and adults on the spectrum who listen to the show, who follow me on social media, find out about how to dance in Ohio, the musical in New York. You know, and as we are taking our children on vacation this summer or we're going somewhere fun for spring break, consider going to this musical to see these autistic adults, the actors and the actresses who are performing. I know that it will inspire our kids. You can't be what you can't see. And so many children who have autism are so creative. They are great artists. They are great singers. They are great dancers. They are great actors. But they may not believe that this is something that they can do for the rest of their lives. They may have Broadway aspirations, but not believe that this is something that they can do until they see autistic actors and actresses on stage on Broadway in New York City in a theater proclaiming that they have autism and then for the next couple of hours performing uh, at the top of their craft 
I want my daughter Cameron to see that she was in her first little play and she uh, did not have a speaking role, but just being on that stage was a milestone for her. Her autism presented uh, in a way that she was very shy and reserved and was always afraid uh, to be around anybody who was not family. And so we would tell people when she was two and three years old, listen, don't look at her. Because if you look at her, she's going to cry. And people would say, wait, she just cries if you look at her? Yes, she will cry if you look at her. Um, Because that is the way her autism presents. Um, and, and so she had a hard time learning. She had a hard time engaging with her friends. She had a hard time understanding simple commands. Because it was difficult for her to even look at people. And it was even harder when people looked at her. And so to have her up on that stage at that little theater production at her school, at Gray Cloud Elementary School, all the other parents were clapping. I was clapping and crying. And, you know, she was the only child with autism in the performance. And so having this play on Broadway and being able to take my kids there will let her see that she's not the only person with autism who is uh, an actor who is a singer, who is a performer. And if she can see it, then maybe, just maybe she can also be it, whatever it is, right? And so we've got to expose our kids, whether they have special needs or not, with an opportunity um, to see something new and experience something different so that, you know, if their gifting is in, in sports, get them to a baseball game. If the gifting is in uh, theater, get them to a, a production. If, if their gifting is in music, get them to uh, a concert. You know, I, I'm so intentional about trying to figure out what my children's gifts are and, and make sure that they get the exposure that they need to that thing, even with their autism. And, you know, so oftentimes when um, there is a movie or a production um, and they um, have characters who have autism in the production, in the play, in the TV show, in the soap opera, that child is not really autistic. It's an actor playing an autistic child. I remember um, there was a, a soap opera who had an autistic character and, and I was so excited, right? Uh, my mother watches those soap operas religiously and she was so excited to tell me that the character had autism. And so I went and researched the character because I just knew, right, that it was a, a child with autism who was playing the character, but it was not. So to have um, autistic actors and actresses um, in this Broadway production in New York uh, called How to Dance in Ohio, um, it, it really is going to resonate uh, with my children in a way that having someone who does not have autism uh, play uh, that particular character. And not saying that they can't do it, um, that it's not allowed. Um, it, it just means something different for my daughter to see someone with autism on stage, on Broadway, in a production. And she can say, you know, if, if they can do it, me too. I, I just, I, I promise you all, I can't wait. I can't wait for spring break. I can't wait to get the tickets. I can't wait to take my daughter to see someone 
who has an autism diagnosis just like her doing the thing that she wants to do that she's never seen anybody like her doing i can't wait and i can't wait to come back we've got more of the shaletta show coming up okay listen let me tell y'all something it has been nice and warm in minnesota um call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. <laughs> you know, warmer than it's been in a while in December. You know, I'm talking to all my meteorological friends and they're talking about the brown Christmas and how it's good for the drought. Uh, We've had record high uh, temperatures to hit Minnesota in the month of December. Um, And, you know, they're poor ice conditions. Poor. They say poor. Like, it's not so good. So listen, I know for generations, your family has done your ice fishing uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, that's something that has been a part of your family's legacy and history and something you enjoy and look forward to doing. But listen, global warming is real. And it is it's nice and warm outside. Tuesday, we got a high of 35 degrees coming. And, you know, we've got this low of, of 20-something degrees, and, and it may be 20-something degrees for a couple hours, and then it goes all the way up to above freezing. So it's really not smart to drive your truck out on a lake. I remember when I first got to Minnesota back in 2004, and I was working at KSTP. Uh, yes, I'm a Hubbard uh, alumnus. I'm a Hubbard High alumnus. And... um. And 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 we had a, a guy who drove his truck out on Lake Minnetonka and uh, the truck went in and he came out. And I, I remember the photographer went out there to chat with him and he was sitting on the side of uh, the lake and he was wet and he was cold. And they were like, did you want to talk about what happened? And he was like, no. And they were like, well, was that your truck? And he was like, no. And I'm like, dude, it was your truck. There's nobody else out here wet with no ride. It was you. It's okay. You could say it was you. And I just remember thinking, now the DNR has said it's warm. They're poor ice conditions statewide. So why would you then, this is the DNR, they're doing surveys, they've got staff, they're checking how many inches are out there on the lake and whether it can sustain your Ford F-150 and your ice house and you and your friends uh, on the lake. And they're saying, no, wait. Don't don't drive out there. Don't push the just wait. The fish will be there, I promise. And, and 
And, you know, we laugh and joke about this and, you know, how people are driving out on the lakes and it's not safe. But you could die out there. You could die out there if there's nobody but you and nobody to rescue you. And and I just, you know, I, I'm going to be so embarrassed, um, you know, two or three centuries from now when all the water is out of the lakes and they find, you know, 35 trucks at the bottom of, uh, you know, parts of Lake Minnetonka I'm just I'm just gonna be so shamed that you know two three hundred years from now they're gonna be like was this a used car lot why is it 17 trucks just at the bottom of this lake uh that's because we don't listen to the DNR we don't believe in global warming even though we don't have a flake of snow on the ground because it's all melted and they're saying that this is, you know, possibly the warmest December on record. And, and still, we're going to drive the... Please stop. Please. I, I don't want to hear any more stories of anglers being rescued after falling through the ice. Uh, in, up a red lake, I'm talking to you. And and if, if you're not the angler and you're the angler's friend, say something to him. Save an angler. We need to, We need a new DNR campaign. I'm going to call the DMR people. Save the angler. If you're an angler's friend, talk to them. Don't let them go out there. Say, hey, Bob, listen. There's no ice on that lake. There's one chunk of ice out there. You're finna drive a Ford F-150 on one chunk of ice. There's water all around this ice. Bob, don't do it. Bob, you know what? Let's go, let's go to the bar, my treat. The DNR should give out grants to anglers' friends. Any anglers uh, out there who are diehard ice fishers, their friends ought to get uh, some kind of stipend to keep them from going out there on this shaky ice. So they could take them to a bar, take them to the mall, uh, take them somewhere other than out on that ice. Because it is not safe. It is not safe safe I, i'm gonna have to call the governor uh angler's friends grants uh you know you get a 500 dollars stipend uh and and you get to use that money however you wish to keep your angler friend off uh, uh of the ice because we i, I don't want to do one more story i don't want to hear any more uh, uh read anything else about anglers falling through the ice and, and speaking of falling we had a lot of people um to pass away in 2023 so many legendary singers and actors and entertainers uh gary hines brother uh the famous tap dancer his brother passed away uh they were just uh talking about that uh today on social media um you know we lost tina turner we lost so many amazing entertainers this year right uh but one person who didn't die was frank thomas yeah, Frank Thomas, the baseball player, he did not die. He's very much alive. But somehow, Fox News mistakenly reported that he had passed away. Gave him a RIP, gave him a tribute in memoriam, and the, the, the famous people, athletes and entertainers who died in 2023, they gave Frank all kind of love. They sure did. Yes, they did. Yes, yes, they did. And Frank is very much alive and kicking. And call that 
absolutely irresponsible. I don't blame Frank. I would be mad if I was sitting up watching TV and all of a sudden they had my picture come up and I'm thinking, oh, somebody's honoring me and it's in memoriam. I cannot just even imagine. I would think that I was having one of those out of body experiences like maybe am I dead? It was like that Bruce Willis movie uh, with, with, with the little boy where he was dead the whole time and didn't know it and he was walking around talking to people and, and nobody was really listening. Nobody could really see him and he thought his wife was ignoring uh, him. Yeah, that movie. I would think that I was having one of those moments. That actually probably was really scary for Frank Thomas. I, I just imagine that he is sitting up at his house, minding his own business, watching Fox News. They're doing an in memoriam and his picture pops up. I would have to pinch myself and call two or three people to make sure that I am not actually dearly uh, departed. I I just bet that was a whole hot mess. But I, thankfully, uh, uh, Frank took it all in stride. He is still here. He is not dearly departed. And I don't know if Fox News has issued an apology, but if they did not, they definitely owe Frank Thomas an apology for mistakenly claiming that he died. Yeah, that's a big one right there. That's a big one. That's not that's not fake news right there, ladies and gentlemen. That's real news. That's real news. When you uh, get on a national major network and say uh, that a man died and he's sitting up there watching the show and still alive, that's 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 not you're not able to classify that one as fake news. Okay, hey, y'all don't go anywhere because I'm going to talk to Matthew. Okay, so you know, he's really not Matthew to me. He's actually uh, my girl Sloan's husband, so he thinks I'm going to be talking to him about Viking stuff, but I'm really just catching up on what my girl Sloane is doing. We'll talk to Maddie next. I tell you what, I remember feeling so good one day. I was at my house, minding my own business, watching the Big Three Basketball um, Tournament on CBS. It's Ice Cube's Basketball League. And it takes, you know, retired basketball players who still got a little basketball left in them but can't really hang with the young guys in the NBA. Uh, some of your favorite players that you remember watching um, back in the day and they compete and there's a tournament and there's trophies and they get paid and they're selling out stadiums all over the country it's almost like a traveling league um, where they go to different parts of the country and I remember like listening to the game and doing laundry and hanging out on the sofa and I was like man the voice on this um this announcer sounds so familiar I just feel like I heard this voice before mm-hmm, I don't know and then all of a sudden they came back from commercial break and there's my girl Sloney. And I'm like, oh my God, if anybody wants to talk to me right now, I can't move. I can't leave my house. I hope my kids are okay because I have to sit here for the entirety of this game to listen to my girl Sloan uh, do the play-by-play announcing. And I was just so overjoyed. And so I was texting her and tagging her on social media as if she wasn't working. Mm-hmm. While she was trying to do her job, I was trying to shout her out and, and calling everybody and telling them, y'all got to put it on CBS because Saloni's on TV. She's calling the games. And she did such an amazing job. And I was so proud of my sister. So I just, you know, man, I know you're on the show. We're supposed to be talking about Viking stuff, but I just have to love on my girl for a minute. Well, and you know, she just got done today calling Ohio State and Michigan women's basketball on Fox. So she was on the main Fox channel. And now she's flying to Nebraska to call something 
Uh, definitely the more talented person in the relationship. But it is, <laughs> it's really it's really funny you mention that because we watched Boys in the Hood not too long ago, and I was like, can you believe this man is your boss? Like for those big three games, like you actually get paychecks from Ice Cube, which is kind of crazy, and he'll perform at halftime. So she's just there calling the basketball game, and then literal Ice Cube, who would sell out the arena normally, just comes out and does a couple songs, and then they go back to playing basketball. It's kind of wild. And a concert. It's a concert and a basketball game breaks out. It is amazing. How is she enjoying this journey? Because, you know, the um, Sloan and I worked weekend nights together. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in the newsroom. I was working 8 p.m. to 4 a.m., and, and so... Um, we spent a lot of time together talking about things that we wanted to do, talking about our dreams and our goals and, you know, some of the things that we wanted to achieve in our lives. And, you know, that was one thing she said to me. I want to travel. I want to call games just like the guys. I don't want to be limited um, to just women's sports. I want to do it for all sports. But, you know, I know I have to start somewhere. So to be able to realize her dream, how, you know, what's that like for her? It's yeah, it's been amazing because we met when she was in college and she was playing on the women's basketball team. And then Mm -hmm. she would call the men's game after. So she would still be like (laughs) sweating from the game and then sitting and doing it. So as long as we have known each other, she has had one goal in life, and that is to be a play by play broadcaster and to make it to be a national TV broadcaster, to be on Fox, to be on Big Ten Network. She's done CBS Sports and all that stuff. I mean, that is really, truly a a dream come true. It's also a lot of work, and sometimes I try to tell her, like, you know, it's okay if you take a play off, if you don't, like, you know, spend your entire day preparing for these games. And it's always like, no, absolutely not. Like, it took way too long to get here. I mean, she was doing the high school games here in Minnesota. I mean, she's, Mm -hmm. she's done the whole grind for such a long time that it's it is it is amazing to see but also i kind of don't know where she is sometimes i'm like wait is it is it michigan is it penn state or whatever cuz she's always traveling around doing these games and you know i i just love to see it and she's such an inspiration to you know the next generation of female broadcasters you know i'm i'm doing some professor work over at the university of minnesota and so i've got a lot of young ladies and you know um we were in a classroom one time and and um we were doing this intro to podcasting and so we were coming up with titles and podcast ideas and show ideas and you know the guys god bless you they had some of the craziest dumbest ideas i've ever heard <laughs> right but they stepped out in confidence they were like yeah so i've got this great idea <laughs> yes, for yes. A show and I'm looking at them and I'm like, dude, that is some dumb stuff. I, you know, I'm not. This is not my full time job, so I could tell you when you have a dumb idea. That's a dumb idea. <laughs> and and meanwhile, Matt, the ladies, the young ladies in the class would be like, well, I have this idea and I don't know. Um, you know, what <laughs> yes. you think about this? Yep. And it's the best idea ever. And so, you know, Sloane has always been so confident, and she steps out there and she does a thing, and she's sitting elbow to elbow with NBA um, legends legends and WNBA legends and and college legends calling games and she's holding her own and there's so much confidence and I'm telling these young ladies you know in in my class at the University of Minnesota I'm like listen more Sloan please more Sloan Martin because (laughs) I need y'all to step out in confidence nobody's going to believe in your ideas if you don't and that's the one thing that I will always remember about Sloan and those long talks that we used to have on Saturday and Sunday nights when she was in the newsroom and I was producing is but you make she such had a great the point. confidence. Yeah, she had you, the make, confidence. you make such a great point because she only had a couple of play-by-play broadcasters that were women 
for her to even look up to, like Pam Ward and Beth Mullins, but that's kind of it. So that's now it. you're seeing so many more women get into these positions and not just forced onto the sideline. And that was always a really big thing for her. She's like, I am a play-by-play broadcaster. I'm not taking jobs where I do the sideline just, just to have a job. I, I know what I want, and I'm going to go get it. And that is a hard thing when you don't have a lot of role models. So I think she doesn't realize that she is that for a lot of people, like, cause she's so focused mm-hmm. on her job, but there are so many people who watch her on TV and see that they can be doing that too. Well, you let her know. I, I tell my kids at the university of Minnesota, when I know she's on and I have her schedule, I'm like, okay, this is what you need to be watching. Um, I'm not saying that you have to go do play by play announcing, but I need you to see the confidence that mm-hmm. she has. I need you to see the poise. I need you to see how sure um, she is of herself and her information. So that means that she's done her homework. She's fact checked. She knows what she's talking about and she stands on that. So she's not out there, you know, cowering to the NBA legend who's sitting next to her. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, elbow to elbow, knee to knee with this dude and they're enjoying each other. They're bantering back and forth and and that's the kind of confidence that I want the young ladies in my class to have. Well, I think it's very clear that I deserve most of the credit for this that I Okay. Okay. Uh, I did. I did just text her to let her know that uh, that you miss her and that you're proud of her. But no, it's been. You know what? It's been great. Like I have a, a joke with a couple other friends, like the successful wife guy club. You know, where uh, just a few of us have like very successful professional wives, and it, it just it means a lot to me every time. Like I get to see her on TV, just because I know how much she went through to get there. So it is. It's great. Yeah. And, and the grind is real. You know, everybody sees the glam. They don't see the grind. And like you said, starting off calling the high school games, mm-hmm. um, you know, taking, you know, less money than she was worth doing it for free sometimes, um, you know, uh, uh, not being taken seriously, but still showing up and being authentically who she is in those spaces anyway. And, and so, you know, people see the glam. They see her now on CBS. But what I'm trying to explain to these young kids is that, you know, there was a real grind that went into that and, and she's built on that. And that's how she's able to stay in these spaces and be respected. Well, and I know that she always connected with you so well because you, you and her both have big personalities and mm-hmm. a lot of confidence. I, I don't think she I've ever thought that you were short on confidence. No, so. no, sir. No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is that, you know, um, she's got big dreams. I got big dreams. And we were able to encourage each other. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, and nobody said, girl, we are working overnight weekends. We're the low girls on the totem pole. <laughs> what are we doing in here talking about these big dreams? You want to do what? Girl, look, go back in the newsroom and write some copy. Okay, they don't even let you host a morning show. What are you, girl, if you don't get out of here? You know, she never said, you're not even a host. You don't even have your own show. What are you talking about? So the way she encouraged me, the way I was able to encourage her, and now look at us. And this is what's, what, why it's so important for women to encourage each other because that's how we get to our next level. Okay, we were supposed to be talking about some Viking stuff. We were supposed to be talking about Joe Mauer maybe making it into the Hall of Fame. But I had to spend all that time shouting out my girl, Sloan Martin, because we miss her so much at the Good Neighbor Station. But you're coming up next, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll be talking sports. Yep, but, uh, it's you know, you, you can talk about my wife all day. I like her a lot. I, I would guess so, because you ain't going nowhere in her either. Well, you have a happy new year, <laughs> and don't go anywhere, guys. He is coming up next with all information on sports. He's got your Vikings. He's got your Joe Mauer. He's got you here on the Good Neighbor Station News Talk, A3OWCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 